want to read from Hebrews this morning, Hebrews uh, chapter 10. <clears throat> we'll start to read at verse 5, Hebrews 10 and verse 5. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice an offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. First he said, Sacrifices, offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, although the law required them to be made. Then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool, because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And when these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way, open for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God, with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and, that, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. What I want to talk about this morning is confidence, <clears throat> to put it in a nutshell, because I thought, well, I, often when I'm preparing to preach anywhere, it's, it's difficult to know what the Lord wants me to say. But last Saturday when I started to think, oh, I've got one more Sunday to go and I've got a busy week because uh, 
My father retired this week at the weekend and we've got things to do and things to get organized. I thought I must pray the Lord will give me something concrete to get ahead with. And this thought about confidence came into my mind and, and it, it, it stayed stuck there. And I thought, well, the one thing I want to be able to stand up there on a Sunday morning is, is confidence. And I thought, well, if I need confidence to stand here, then surely that's something we all need all the time in our walk with the Lord is confidence. And it's often the thing that we're lacking in the Lord. So I stopped and started to think about this word and what the Lord might say, might want to say to us about it. And so to encourage myself, I thought I'll get to the concordance out and I'll look up all the words in the scriptures to do with confidence and see what the Lord says. And uh, I had my confidence shattered then because I got it. <laughs> well, it's true because I, I got out the old concordance that I, I've got at home, which is a, an old Young's concordance that was given to me from one of the churches in, in Telford that, that was closed and knocked down, the little old Methodist churches that, that belonged there. And I looked up and there were several references to confidence. Of course, it's authorized version, isn't it? <laughs> so when I looked it up in the uh, NIV, all these words confidence have been changed into different translations, into words like encouragement and assurance and all kinds of things. And there were a few references left to the word confidence. Um, but I persevered and looked up and found the, the few that were left. And we read there um, in our reading one of those uh, references. Therefore, Brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way. Uh, and that was one of the, of the ones that I found. <clears throat> Let's just note one or two of them, um, of those. That, that, that's, that's one in verse, um, no, there's one in verse four, verse 19, yes. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus. And then there's one in verse um, 35 there, an encouragement there. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Now, there the, the writer infers that we, we have confidence you know, if, if ever we're going to become believers, if ever we're going to be born again, there's a time when we are full of confidence. Because at that time, God pours his Holy Spirit into our hearts and into our lives, and we receive faith from God, and we become believers. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, that faith that we have inside of us. It's not anything that I drum up. Now, I was sharing with 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 a man uh, a couple of weeks ago I had the privilege they came to us for the day and we, I was sharing about faith and he said I wish I wish I could have your faith I wish I could have your confidence your assurity and I said well I can only pray that God would give it because it is a gift from God it's something that is an experience that until you receive it you you can't sort of say well there it is you know, it, it's almost ungraspable but God gives us that confidence but then the scriptures encourage us having received the faith and the confidence from the Lord we need to hold fast 
to that. Don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. There are many, many scriptures that tell us to, to be hanging on, to keep on in the race and to run and to build up our confidence. Let's look up a couple of other references before we go on. Um, chapter 3 of Hebrews verses 12 to 14 see to it brothers that none of you has a sinful unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness we have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. If we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. You see there again the reference to the confidence uh, that we were given. And then just towards the end of your Bibles in 1 John chapter 3. Um, verse 21. No wonder I can't find 1 John 4. 1 John 3, verse 21. Yeah, that last paragraph there in this chapter. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him, and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit that he gave us. Amen. So Christ was given to us. God the Holy Spirit was given to us. And that was our first experience of confidence and our first experience of faith. But then these verses encourage us to be building up this gift and this faith. And the one point that came out from these verses, if we go back to the reference in, in Hebrews particularly, and there was that we've shared this and we're told to encourage one another daily in this confidence. You know, and often we don't see one another daily, let alone have a chance to encourage one another daily. You know, and, and I would challenge husbands and, and myself particularly to be encouragers in the family. We are the head that we should be encouraging the confidence and the faith that we have in the Lord Jesus. You know, it's, it's easy to become hardened there. It says in that verse in, 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 in Hebrews 3, that we become hardened by sin's deceitfulness. When you're away, you become less than confident in the Lord. When we're on our own, we, come less than, we become less than confident in the Lord. And so it says daily, and that's just a little bit that I thought I'd put in, that we encourage. And I, and I, you know, I just wonder if so often we, we live this sort of, some of us anyway, live this... Um, spot Christian life in a way we have a, a spot of of togetherness on a Sunday and then we have a gap till Tuesday night and then perhaps another gap uh, until you know whereas there are others that, that live in a constant uh, a constant relationship with those in the Lord 
And perhaps it's more difficult for young people from those, those of us who are from non-Christian homes perhaps or, or, uh, or, or if you're on your own in some way that we should get this daily input, that we should become accustomed to calling in or to being in fellowship. Um, I know Kev said the other day at our house there were several sort of people coming and going to the front door at once and people were in um, people who come to see Sue really in the daytime they were ladies at the time and Kev said is your house always like this and I thought well you can talk because uh, <laughs> East Castle Street number 13 is a pretty popular calling watering place you see because there you receive some encouragement and some fellowship and that's great, you know, because that's a, a daily input and it keeps away the discouragement and the lack of confidence, you know, and, and that, that's super. Anyway, I then looked up in the dictionary <laughs> what confidence means. And uh, out of the definitions for confidence, I'll, I'll read them out. Um, I got complete trust in a person or a thing. <laughs> complete trust in a person or a thing to have confidence to be sure of one's own abilities gives you confidence <laughs> right and thirdly to be sure of success gives you confidence well I, I thought well the last two weren't you know that was a good reason why I wasn't feeling very confident <laughs> standing here on a, on a on a Sunday morning you know because uh, I thought well you know, the messages we've been receiving on a Sunday morning, the series we're going through at the moment on the, you know, the battle of, spiritual battle and the powers of darkness and evil and Satan and all that it means is so sort of informative and high-powered and, and good. And uh, I thought, well, I'm, I don't know these things and I can't challenge that. So let's, you know, I thought, well, the Lord just wants me to be simple, <laughs> be myself. And <laughs> then, then I could be more sure of success, you see. <laughs> So my confidence was built up, you see, because I thought if I started delving into doctrine and into teaching and trying to sort out some of the issues that Bernard was bringing up, I'd get into a mess and then uh, the next few weeks Bernard would be sorting me out, putting it straight. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but that isn't where the Lord's put me, um, where I'm at with you this morning. So we're just going to share um, from the Lord in, in terms of this confidence together. Now then, confidence then in whom? Complete trust in a person or a thing. Well, we're not talking about trusting in a thing, are we? We're not trusting in, in, in the fellowship. We're not trusting in, in anything abstract. We're trusting in a person this morning, in Jesus. He is the very reason for our hope. We're not, we're not built up, we're not being built up this morning because of our faith. Although that is the gift from God, we are built up and encouraged because of him, because of Jesus. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is reality. The only thing that is real that's going to last. Nothing that we've got, that we own, that belongs to us, not even our families, are going to last forever here on this earth. Jesus is reality. I am said Jesus, I am. He was before all time and he's after all time. God exists. And we're going on with the Lord. We're going on into eternity with the Lord and he's the one sure thing. And we need to lay hold on him and build on him. 
All the rest of it is wood, hay, stubble, whatever else in, in this life we, we would call it. But it's, it is all transient, it's all passing away. Reality is in Jesus Christ. And our real identity, we were saying last week when we were talking about the family at the front here, we've got a family name of Whitney, but the Whitney's not, aren't going to last forever. The Christians are going to last forever. Those that are in God's family, that are named with Christ's family, our real identity is Gordon Whitney, Christian, born-again believer, member of God's family. That's my real identity. That's your real identity. No other identity will exist or will last except that is that we are sons of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that, that is the real identity. The real family is in Jesus. And I believe that, that, that as a human being, I haven't got any natural confidence other than that that I get when I'm in the Lord Jesus. That I'm made to have someone else to lean on, to be confident in, and that someone else is Jesus. And he's typified often by you people that we share in fellowship. The confidence in sharing here on a Sunday morning is that, is that we're supportive of one another, and I know you're supporting me in being up here. You're all sitting there thinking, I'm glad I'm not up there, you see. <laughs> so we'll support you. <laughs> but that, that, that's the confidence that we have, you see, that we're supporting. Because you are Christ to me at this time. God has chosen you to be his ambassadors. And you're just as much his ambassador when you're sitting there listening and receiving from him or from someone else who's sharing, whether it be Bernard, Tom, or any of the other elders, um, we are his ambassadors, and we are ministering Christ to one another. And Christ's life, often, and Christ's assurance, gets through to me through one another. Now, we've got Pete as the leader in our group, you see. Now, what better encourager could we have than Pete? What better person to instill confidence in you, in the Lord? We might arrive there on a Tuesday night feeling, well, I, I don't know whether I feel like praying tonight. I don't know whether my prayers are going to get through to the Lord. But after Pete's first prayer, you know, when he's woke all the children in the street and, <laughs> and we're all rejoicing and Richard's down dancing with us as well as everybody else we're all encouraged that the heavens aren't as brass but that we can get through hallelujah because our confidence is built up why? through Christ through Christ in Pete not through Pete through Christ in Pete he wouldn't seek the glory it's through Christ he brings it out to us we're meant to be confident in God. We're built to have, not our own confidence, but God's. I can only do these things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, the, my, my father's retiring from, from the business and Clive and I are, are taking over, you see. And people say, oh, how do you feel about it? But really, if we didn't realize that we were the Lord's and the business was God's, we wouldn't feel confident. I don't feel confident. How can you cope? With, with running a business with, with people like that. If you haven't got somewhere else to lean on, I don't feel capable, we don't feel comfortable by God's will and with his way, we will, we will do this thing if that's God's will for us because he will give us the strength and the ability. That's right, isn't it, Clive? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great, you see, because that's where we want the business to be and that's the way we want it to be run. 
we've got sort of about 20 odd people working for us. You can't even cope with, with their difficulties in their lives on our own, only through Christ and through the wisdom that he gives us in that dealing as, as what's happened in High Street with witness cakes keep happening. Praise the Lord. You know, and we're so grateful for what he does for us in that way. We were up in um, Manchester uh, five or six weeks ago at the fellowship in the city centre there where the Woodalls have, have moved up to join. They've moved into Manchester from Chester and uh, Nick is working with the team up there. And uh, while we were visiting there, host Feder was, was the preacher and he said, you know, we Christians, we talk about going out into the world and turning the world upside down. But he said, that's a load of rubbish because we're going out into the world to turn the world the right way up. He said, you know, the world is upside down. This world wasn't designed to be run by the devil and by sin. Bernard's been teaching us that. In, in a way, God designed it to be run by him. At the moment, it's in a fallen state. It's upside down. The right way up is with Christ in the, in the middle of our lives. We're not meant to survive without Christ. How many of us have, have, have walked off into Bypath Meadow in our Christian life and tried to survive on our own? Gosh, it's hard, isn't it? It's difficult. All sorts of snares are there waiting, all sorts of depressions and difficulties. We're not made to survive without God, and we're not made to survive without one another, because we need to meet daily to build up our confidence in the Lord, because the Lord's in you and he's in me. And he's meeting them. I just couldn't get away from that thought. Everywhere I went, it just keeps coming back um, this morning. You know, our confidence in Christ can be absolutely supreme because Jesus is, is superlative, you know. Wherever we look at the descriptions of Jesus and who he is, he is he's perfect. He is perfection. He is reality. He is super. <laughs> real but in that area he's not beyond knowing and understanding you and I in temptation as Willie shared a few weeks ago do you remember? Willie remembers nobody else does and I remember Christ was tempted in all ways like we are he didn't receive release you see he, he, he went on he knew the agony that temptation could bring he didn't know the release as Willie shared, that, that, that giving in to temptation could bring, but he was able to help us at the time when we're tempted. And even at the point where his own life was threatened, which must surely be the ultimate temptation, where he was facing up to the cross. cross. Remember, he said to the Lord, not my will, but yours be done. He was, he, he was there all the way. Jesus stood out morally. His moral integrity was, was never put in question. Do you remember when the, the scribes and the Pharisees were, were questioning him? I've got a reference here. I always put references down in case I get into difficulties and then it gives you a little release. Isn't it? <laughs> John 8 and verse um, 45. Jesus said to uh, the people there, because I tell the truth, you don't believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? Here were people who were out trying to trap Jesus and asking him all sorts of questions, difficult questions, and he said, well, can any of you prove me guilty of sin? Is there anything I've told you that's not right? Anything of you where I fail morally? And you know, if you read on, they said to him, they couldn't find anything. 
They couldn't accuse him. He was a morally upright person. He was someone that, that stands out. And yet he was perfect in his humanity. He had a body of flesh just like ours. He knew feelings of emotion. He knew family ties. He, he, he recognized his mother on the cross. He, he said, look, look after me, mom, to, to, to the disciples, to the disciple, didn't he? And, and he had a mind. He, he needed to grow. He, he learned at a very fast rate the, the scriptures, but he, he was a teenager before he was able to take on the scribes and Pharisees. He was, in a way, he was at a certain measure of, of ordinariness about him, dare I say. But his humanity was, was that of, of someone who'd come to live out perfectly the life of confidence in his father because the spirit of God dwelt in him and he was the son in whom Jesus, he was, who, who the father was well pleased. Interesting thing that came to me as I quickly thought about encouraging us with the perfection of Jesus was that he lived in the open with his disciples. He didn't teach his disciples the way to live. He went with them. He lived with them for three years, day and night. They saw everything that he did. And he said, be like me, you know. He taught them in that way. And Alistair and I were sharing that as Christians, we become very wordy. <laughs> we listen to a lot of, of, this is Alistair's word, not mine. I didn't think of that. We, 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 we listen to a lot of sermons and we take in a lot of stuff and a lot of instruction. But we need also to see life in one another and to be willing to live out that life with one another. Come with me. You know, the, the, remember when, um, Moses said to his father-in-law, come with us and we'll do you good because his father-in-law was going to go back off into the desert after he'd been a guide for him for a while. He was going to go back off into the desert and Moses, uh, um, Moses said, look, stay, you know, come with us, come with the children of Israel, we'll do you good. You know, could you say that to people with, with your life? You know, don't, don't, you know, born again believer, new believer, Come and stay with us for a while. It'll do you good to spend every minute of the day with us. See all of me, you know. See the way Christ's behavior comes through in everything, you know. I'm not going to ask anybody <laughs> to put anybody on the spot, especially me, over, over that. But it's a challenge that we need to be, that in discipling people, in, in, in seeking to teach people, Christ was so open that he said, he wanted them to actually live with him and be with him. And we get back to that input, that daily input of the open life and being able to encourage us daily. And then, of course, we've got the total encouragement in the triumph that Christ had on the, on the cross at Calvary. Stay in the book of Hebrews, um, first chapter. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, second chapter, <laughs> verse 9. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death 
for everyone. Verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held slavery by the fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he has to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Praise the Lord. Christ is now there with God, and he knows and he understands and he's able. He lived with the disciples for three years, day and night. He's willing to live with you and with me all our lives, which may be a lot longer than three years, hopefully. Um, And that's what he wants to do. Hebrews 7, verse 25. Therefore, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. We have that confidence because he always lives and he is interceding and he's going to go on interceding for us and he's available to us all of the time, day by day. So in Christ, we can have all confidence So in terms of the definition of confidence, we can have complete trust in the complete person of the Lord Jesus. We could go on talking about him uh, really forever and not exhaust who he is and who he wants to be with us in a way. The second point said sure of one's own abilities. But really, the confidence in the Lord Jesus is to be sure of his abilities and not sure of ours. And yet... God has given to each one of us gifts, varying gifts in him. And we, we can be sure and confident that if that gift is anointed and covered by him, we can be confident in using it. And we need to be built up in that confidence and in using it. It's so easy to be put down and to be put off in our confidence. If we feel or able to share or to do or it's when someone else comes along who's a lot better, <laughs> you know, or we feel is a lot better, and we feel, ah, you know, and we're, we're not built up. We need to encourage one another in that. We, we've not all got the same gifts or the same abilities. We, we've all got things to offer to one another, some to all at once, but some to individuals in a much better and real way. There are, there are some that can stand here and, and, and share for a while and preach, but there are others who on a one-to-one basis for a while, for a period, can get through issues that the one that that stands here doesn't get to, you know, can't get through to. There are some who who, who love the personality and the the sharing that we receive from Bernard, and it's wonderful, but not everyone can can chat and get through with Bernard on a a one-to-one. They may feel to talk to Tom or or to Willie or to Mike or someone else in the fellowship. And at some point, there is someone that you can talk to, that you share with, with a problem in an area in your life that you've experienced that only you can help. We just need to be able and to be open 
to fill the per person with that confidence. Our confidence is in him and in the ability that he's given to us. And of course, we can be sure of success. Sure of success because, because he is successful. He's already seated at the right hand of God. Christ hasn't got to be sacrificed again. We read in our reading, he's sacrificed once and for all. There's no more need of sacrifice for sin. God doesn't delight in sacrifice for sin. Only that one sacrifice of his own son. He doesn't demand any more burnt offerings. He doesn't demand any more sacrifice on our part. Only that we take what his son has done for us so we can be sure of success. Time's going on. <laughs> um, I want to look at one or two areas of loss of confidence. Negative side. <laughs> Where do we, when do we lose our confidence? And I was trying to think of some um, uh, just ordinary human areas in which we lose our confidence. We lose our confidence sometimes when we're on our own in a strange place. You know, when we have to go out somewhere on our own, we lose our confidence. We're okay if someone goes with us, but if we have to go on our own, then we lose our confidence. Particularly notice this with, with, with Richard while he's, 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 he's small, you know, and, and with the other children, with, with Lisa too. If you go somewhere that is different for the first time and you say to them, well, go on in, you know, and sometimes you parents, you know, you push the children through the door first, don't you, you know, because yeah, we do, don't we, you know, you think about it, you know, you often go somewhere, well, go on in, you know, go on, <laughs> you know, because you're confident that if you go in first, they won't follow you, you, see? <laughs> you know, because, but, but they're not confident, because, and, and sometimes a, a little hand goes up, you see, and then once you, you grab that little hand, then you can go through together, because they've got confidence in you, and you wouldn't take them anywhere, that's going to be a problem and that's going to hurt. And at times in life, that's, that's a big advantage, you know, because you can take them to the dentist, you see, and they trust you. And uh, <laughs> you can take them to school, you see, and, and they trust you, and then you run off and don't come back till four o'clock. <laughs> but you see, it's confidence in, in the person, not in the place. They've got no confidence in the place because they've not been there before, but they've got confidence in the person. And sometimes, as a Christian, we think, gosh, if God asked me to do that or to go there, I wouldn't have any confidence. But you would, because you take your confidence with you, inside. It doesn't come from the outside, it comes from the inside, in, 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 the, in the world that's the right way up. Sometimes we lack confidence because of a previous failure, don't we? Have we failed God in, in an area, or, or failed in some way, we, we lack confidence. Um, perhaps, again, I thought Richard would be ideal for all this area, you see. Of, 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 if he's been sitting on a chair, you see, which he's not really quite capable of, and he's fallen off, right, and hurt himself, then if, if I put him back on that chair again, he's going to sit there and go, hum, 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 and he's worried, he's lacking confidence, because before he fell out. So this time I need to go and to hold him and to reassure him and say, no, it's going to be all right. You know, previous failure. We, and, and the same with us, if we attempt something as adults and, and it doesn't come off, um, 
we need to be encouraged to try again. Often we go, oh, well, I'm blow that. I'm going to try that again, you know. <laughs> you know. Uh, th there are different, area, different characters in this. Some people will try and try again until they succeed. They're sort of determined characters. We've got with big differences in us, in, in our natural levels of, 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 of confidence. But when we've had a few previous failures, it's enough to dent anybody's uh, confidence, you know. Um, like, you know, someone maybe at sport, you know, if you've played a game against them and, and you think, you know, I'll, I'll conquer this guy this time, you know, and he sort of gives us a good hiding. And uh, we think, well, that was strange. And then you say, well, next time you G yourself up and you do it again and same thing happens. Well, third time it comes around, you go in and you think, oh, well, <laughs> there's no confidence. It's, it's lacking, you know, and it, and it affects our, our performance. And it does with the Lord, you know. Often our performance in witnessing is, is affected because we lack confidence. You know, I, I've... You keep telling yourself, don't you realize that this message that we've got inside us is the most dynamic and real that the world's ever known, that everybody really wants to hear, but put up a facade and a barrier and pretend they don't want to hear and don't want to know, but deep down inside, they're scared to death, they've got a big empty hole, and they want to know. And eventually, when you do get through to somebody and you talk to them, they admit that, don't they? But we're not proud of the Lord enough. Not, we don't highly exalt him enough in our ordinary lives and we, we feel put down and we, we lack confidence that the thing we're about in our life is, is the real thing. That's one of the devil's tricks I feel with us is, is that, is that he, he sort of um, brings up this sort of area of previous failure that they're not going to really think. But let's step out. Confidence in, in him. Loss of confidence can be because the person you meet is, is an unknown person. Someone you, you don't know, perhaps. I couldn't think of anything really to say about that. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> someone who, a lack, lack of confidence can come because someone has let you down previously. Hmm? Now we need to be confident with one another, brethren. But we're going to let one another down occasionally because we're human beings. But we need to restore one another. We need to forgive one another. And we need to get in that area of putting things right. Because it's important that our confidence in one another as a fellowship is built up. And if there's any area in a brother or a sister's life that gives you a lack of confidence with them, then maybe you need to share a confidence with them. To use another use of the word, share a confidence with them and get that thing sorted out. Get together and create in this place a fellowship of confidence. Confident that the word that's being presented from the front is the word of God. We are confident in that. Praise the Lord. It, it's, it's really good. Confident that, that the deacons are doing a good job. Confident that the elders are there doing a good job. Confident, are we confident that the Sunday school's doing a good job? There's been some input this weekend in there. We need to be encouraged. We need to be informed so that we can be confident in all these areas. Confident in one another. Because if someone has ever let you down and you leave that there, then that breaks the confidence. And if the confidence amongst one another is broke, then we can't be encouraged and we can't be built up. Um, Paul said this to, to Philemon when in... in um, find, find Philemon. <laughs> it's before Hebrews, isn't it? Book before. In Philemon verse 21, he said... Uh, he said, 
right into Philemon, he said, I'm confident of your obedience. I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. You know? Are we confident in the Lord that he can, he'll do more than we ask? More, even more than we ask? Can we be confident in one another? That if we're in need and we go and ask, could you do so and so for me? Could you do so and so? That the fellowship would step out and do even more than we ask. And I think that, that I'm confident in, in, in many, in most, all that I know, that, that they're good brothers to me and they will do. They will help me out. They will do what I ask. And that's an important thing about our fellowship and about being together, that we, be, we can be confident in one another. Christ will never let us down. We can always be confident in him. That goes without saying. Not sure of success. Again, if we're not sure of success, then our confidence drains. Often, going back to the, the, the sports picture, that you know, if, if you feel that you might stand a chance of winning, you feel confident, then often you, you play much better. If you go into a game feeling that, well, or you go into any situation feeling, well, I don't think I'm going to succeed here, then, then your confidence is going to drain and, and going to go away. But in Jesus, we already are succeeding. We are successful. Christ already has won. Yes? We're not waiting for a success. We are the successful in this world. We might not be successful materially. We might not have be successful in possessions. But we've already said at the start, these things are all going to go away. They're going to pass away. The success in life is to know him who lives forever. And to have Christ living in us is the ultimate success. Because though this body passes away, I will live forever because Christ is in me. The hope of glory. And that is a success that is one that cannot be taken away. And that's the success that the devil doesn't want us spreading abroad. That's the success that he doesn't want us talking about. This is successful living. I've got my life the right way up. I'm not upside down. Christ's in the middle. I've got a reason for living. I've got a reason for going on. I've got a message to share. I've got something to go on with. This is the success that he can give to us. And we're not sure of that success so often. So often we, 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 we play the game of life in a way as if we're the defeated ones. As if we're the ones that are outnumbered. As if the, because there are so many more out there in the world that we are the defeated ones and we're sheepish and quiet. And not, well, at least I am in the way that we witness and we share with people. And we feel, well, you know, some of these others have got such a life. They, they seem to be doing this and they're one of the lads and all the rest of it. And yet they're not. The success is in Jesus and in him. And then, of course, the last point quickly, because it's five to... Sometimes we, we, we lack comfort. A child sometimes... When my children come to me, particularly the older two sometimes, and they're asking me something, sometimes they ask confidently because they know I'm going to say yes because they're sure it'll be okay. And other times they come up a bit sheepishly, you know, and they're going, um, Dad, um, I, I asked Mom, but uh, she said to ask you. Um, I was wondering <laughs> uh, if... Um, uh, and they know perfectly well that the answer is no, you see, because they're not asking a right. So they come without any confidence. Or, alternatively, they're asking something that on the face value of it is perfectly harmless and is, is, is what I would well say yes to. But underneath, there is another motive. There is sin there, if you like. There is, 
there is a problem because what they're asking isn't really what they mean. It's something else they're asking for, which they know I would, I, I would refuse. But by asking for a larger thing that covers over the, the small area that would say, no, then, you know, the craftiness. We, we all do it, even as adults, I feel, sometimes. We, we go into a conversation sometimes and we've got something to hide, something we would prefer didn't come out in the open, something for some reason we feel would be better if it didn't come out in the open. Something sometimes with good reason that we need to sort out with the Lord that shouldn't come out into the open. But there we are, with something to hide, and that drains your confidence, doesn't it? You know, you ever been at, like in the meeting, you know, and, and you're there and Bernard's preaching. I said, I hope he doesn't come and speak to me afterwards, you know, because I was just, oh, you know, I mean, there's this thing, you know, I need to get sorted out. And, and in a way, we need to bring it out into the open because we need to get our confidence restored, but it's hidden. And it takes away our confidence in the Lord. It takes away our witnessing. And I believe probably this is one of the biggest areas I've touched on this morning. We haven't got time to go into it. But the, that there is there something to hide that would take away our confidence in Jesus. But we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. He is our mediator. He wants to talk. He wants to deal with sin individually. We, we read um, about being sprinkled so that it takes away all our sins in, in that Hebrews chapter 10, you know, at the start. So that everything is covered. We need to get everything sorted out and get it all dealt with in, in Jesus. I'll just read a verse to finish in Hebrews again. Chapter 4, verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, sorry, chapter 4, verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Now, I just wanted to note one thing there, that we put ourselves in, in times of need, that we need to hold firmly on the faith. What faith is it? It's the faith we profess. It's not the faith we know about or the faith we've heard about. It's the faith we profess. It's the faith that we're doing something about. The faith that we're living out. Yeah? The confidence that we're living out by the way that we are, that we're speaking out with the words that we speak, by the actions, by the dealings that we have with the people in the world, we are professing a faith and a new kind of life in Jesus. Amen.